This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's 7.16. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. And now, a look at the latest version of the anti-party hopping bill. What is this? 2.0, 3.0? I'm not <laughs> sure. We've been talking about it for a while. But yesterday, the new version was tabled to the Day 1 Rakyat. Now, under this new bill, Article 49A and Section 7A of the 8th Schedule of the Federal Constitution will be amended. In other words, MPs will lose their seats if they quit a party or they cease being a member. But if you're sacked, you're not going to be disqualified. Um, MPs will also still keep their seats if their party is dissolved or merges with another party or if they resign in order to be a House Speaker. Uh, For independent MPs, those who either join a political party or become a member of a coalition will lose their seats. Um, And as mentioned earlier, as you might have uh, anticipated with the party merger thing not being a problem, if your entire party exits a coalition to join or form another coalition, you also don't lose your seats. It's just a... A joint endeavour, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) So um, one significant thing that has come out of this is the removal of the five-year ban on MPs who resign from their seats. So effectively, uh, this allows MPs who... um, so effectively, this allows MPs who are disqualified for party hopping to be able to contest for by-elections for their seat. Uh, another amendment is to reword a clause that originally would have made uh, anti- the anti-hopping subject to restrictions imposed by federal law. Um, so... There are a number of things to unpack here, um, and this is, of course, coming ahead of the bill being debated in Parliament next week. Um, we will be covering that for sure. Uh, but let us know, what do you make of these latest changes? Are you looking forward to the bill being debated? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, joining us now is Lim Wajet, lawyer and co-founder of uh, Muta. Wajet, thanks for speaking with us today. Now, before we get into the specifics... What did you think about the new amendments proposed for this bill? I, I don't have the opportunity to have sight of the actual revised uh, amendment bill. But from what I can understand from the reports, um, the amendments uh, to prevent hopping of parties is commendable. Uh, we have to bear in mind that there is no perfect formula that is out there in the world on how anti-hopping measures should be implemented. And I do think that this is a step in the right direction. It is not perfect. Of course, there may be certain loopholes here and there if you are creative, but it is a step forward for Malaysian democracy, especially after the damage of the Sheraton move. So what can you tell us about how these proposed amendments have been received? From what I understand, uh, the cabinet has unanimously approved the amendments and there was a bipartisan select committee working on the bill. Uh, so on the political party front, I do think there is a consensus. Um, on the civil society front, I understand that certain academics, for example, have a different view on how anti-hopping measures should be implemented. But like what I said earlier, there is no perfect formula and um, this is by and large sufficient enough I think the important thing that we need to note is that um, the Malaysian electorate have lost faith in the electoral system. If there is no anti-hopping law, uh, Malaysians will not be inclined to come out to vote in the 15th general elections. So whilst we can debate 
on and fine tune on the specifics on how the perfect system should be, I do think that this bill ought to be passed and ought to be implemented before the 15 GE and um, allow Malaysians to have some faith in the electoral system uh, at the very least. So that is my view. So these changes include stricter rules for independent MPs, but there's been some pushback that they are too restrictive. Where do you stand on this? Um, Are these rules fair to independents? Well, these stricter rules essentially stipulate that if you are an independent MP and then you subsequently join an established political party, then you will be stripped of your MP or Adun seat. This is what the amendment does. And whilst... um, the events leading up to Sheraton move, there is no such scenario, I think, where an independent MP caused a government to fall because he or she hopped to another party. I do think that if we adopt the principle that you should not betray the mandate of the electorate, then by equal measure, if you campaign uh, on the specific platform as an independent MP and people vote for you and you win based on that ticket, then it will be unethical and unconscionable if you then subsequently choose to join another party and possibly, you know, get sucked into or or vote according to that political party lines instead of your convictions as an independent MP where you represented to the electorate during uh, the election campaign. So that is something which I think is, is, is needed in the particular amendment. MPs will be allowed to keep their seats if their party is dissolved or uh, merges with another party. And the bill's explanatory statement also says that MPs will not lose their seats if their entire party exits a coalition to join or form another. Does this leave a loophole for party hopping and or coalition hopping, really, to still take place? Insofar as the amendment which um, doesn't strip a MP from his seat, if the party concern is deregistered, I think that's fair. We have seen instances in the past where uh, the registrar societies have abused their power to um, deregister certain societies on very flimsy reasons. And I do think that because this is not the fault of the MP and this is something that the MP cannot be penalised because it's an external factor beyond their control, then by extension, they should not be punished by being stripped of a their, their seat. So that is fair. But insofar as the exception, which doesn't make an MP lose the seat because if his party hops from one coalition to another coalition, similar to what we saw in the Sheraton move where Bersatu left Pakatan Harapan to join hands with Amno and PAS to form Purikata National, then that is a big problem, isn't it? We are here today introducing a bill because of the trauma and damage of the Sheraton move, but that particular bill will ironically not prevent Sheraton move from happening. So the NPs then really have to question themselves, why are we here before parliament in the first place? Um, I do know the the rationale for that uh, because um, to in order for this particular amendment to pass, the government of the day needs the support of Brasato MPs. And Brasato MPs, of course, will not be incentivized to support this bill if it does not have this particular exception 
which justifies their um, operations in 2020 when Sheraton Move happened. So that is the dilemma uh, and that is the irony that we are facing today. And I hope the MPs will go back to the drawing block and, and try to figure out a way to you know, actually prevent Sheraton Move from happening, which is not going to happen under this particular amendment bill. So the amendment also removes the five-year ban on MPs who resign from their seats. So this effectively allows MPs who are disqualified for party hopping to contest in the by-election for their seat. Uh, Faiz Fazil, who's uh, an Amana Assemblyman from Penang, he says that this will open up the door for exploitation and goes against having the law in the first place. What are your thoughts on this? Well, this really um, falls under the recall election model. And what I mean by that is that um, the law, yes, it recognizes that if you betray the mandate of the electorate, you have to lose your seat. And within 60 days, there will be another by-election where the people get to vote again on who their MP should be. And the logic of allowing that particular former MP who has been stripped of his seat to allow him or her to contest again is based on the rationale that at the end of the day, the voters get to have a choice. So they may actually, you know, um, consent and give their vote to this particular individual despite the fact that he or she had hopped to another party you know, they may have faith in him or her, and that is not a problem. But the point is, at the moment in which you betray the mandate of the electorate, then you go back to the people, and people have a choice again. And if they do vote you again, then so be it. So that is the principle and rationale behind the recall election uh, model. And I do, do not think that, you know, it is unfair uh, or, or otherwise to allow a strip of MP to uh, to be allowed to contest again. In addition, if a seat is vacated because of party hopping, an election must take place within 60 days. There are concerns once more about wastage of time and cost. Uh, can you help us understand more? Well, admittedly, there will be costs involved when there is a by-election. Um, there's no two ways about it. However, when you step back and look at the bigger picture, that if uh, the Malaysian democracy and faith in the electoral system is um, maintained and restored despite the fact that we have to spend uh, money on these by-elections, I think it's a worthy trade-off in the end. I think we need to look and analyse it from that particular uh, lens because um, what the Sheraton move did to Malaysia, I, I don't think you can really assess it based on money. The, the, the amount of loss faith in the system, the amount of distrust towards politicians, the instability it has caused to the country, which has probably, you know, make investors think twice to come to Malaysia. All of that has a financial economic toll. And if we can prevent all of that from happening, then I would say it's a worthy trade-off in the end of the day. Wajid, what would you like to leave us with? My take-home message is this. Um, this is a step in the right direction. Um, Malaysians um, can have a little bit more faith in the electoral system. Uh, Malaysians should not be too worried now 
if this particular amendment is passed, to go out and vote in the 15 general elections and beyond. And they should have some comfort that the MP whom they vote for uh, will not um, betray their mandate. And uh, they, in that sense, they should have faith and they should come out to vote and they should not lose too much trust in the electoral system. Uh, it is never perfect. I'm not saying that this system can never be abused through loopholes and whatnot, but um, big changes have been made. And uh, I do think we should give this particular amendment a chance. Uh, and hopefully we will all come out and vote in full force uh, in the 15 general elections, which, uh, whichever party you might vote for. Wejit, thanks for speaking with us. That was Lim Wejit, lawyer and co-founder of Malaysian United Democratic Alliance or MUDA. You can call 77332900, WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio, BFM 89.9. 